Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. Oh, we had a listener write in, and we love when this happens, and they want to know about literary fiction, which is a genre we have barely talked about on the show. Which is true for like 99.5% of other Americans as well. It's not just us. So Carice hates literary fiction. I wouldn't say I hate it. It's not like I want it to disappear or that it, you know, ever like left me a nasty comment on Instagram or anything. I mean, it's not personal. Well, it could have been personal in high school if you ever got a bad grade on it. <laughs> no, 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 I love it. It's so just... I, yeah, I love literary fiction. Love it. So this will be fun. Our battle over, yeah. <laughs> Who's more hoity-toity? Today we find out it's Amanda. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, literary fiction. Hmm. So for the uninitiated, Amanda, mm-hmm. define literary fiction. <laughs> that is, yes, very important. Mm-hmm. Literary fiction mm-hmm. is fiction that is character driven. It can include bits and pieces from really any genre. It can include science fiction elements fantasy romance suspense thriller sometimes all of the above but the core the thrust of it is the character and the journey of the character so that is literary fiction and it's very um it's more artfully written than right because it's not like every character-driven story qualifies as literary fiction there's also that prosy yeah posy yeah element to it yes and that's um yeah so many of the classics that we read are could be considered you know literary they're literary fiction works um i would even say like you and I were talking about um, books that I've read in like category fiction, even a book like Dune, which is a science fiction, like that is really borderline literary in my opinion, because of the writing and because of how character driven it is. So there's some flex on it, but for the most part, literary fiction, these are the books that are winning the Pulitzer prize. Mm -hmm. They're winning those awards these are elites new york literary people who hobnob and do all that stuff they come with mfas from prestigious universities they give their life to studying books so it's just a very different type of writer they view it more as an art form um in a different way than i think category writers view the art of writing sure people sometimes get confused though because there's also something called mainstream fiction and then there's also like 
upmarket women's fiction. And so mainstream fiction is when a book is almost literary, but it's a bit too plot focused. In my personal opinion, Mm -hmm. almost entirely arbitrary. Yes. Like it's, you know, like it seems like there's like a little secret community somewhere in Manhattan and they're just like picking up these tiny, like model sized pieces of book and just like, it's in this category. And this one is in this jar because this one had too much plot. Ah, yeah. Plot. Nothing ever happens to any of the one. Yeah. Plot. That's pretty much right. I mean, there are some times when, sure, it's blatantly obvious when something is literary fiction. There are many times, though, when a book, it's just the eyes of the beholder. And, you know, what you think it is might be different than what I think it is. Right. And because so many books can ride that line of being very introspective and character driven and deep and all of that but still have that plot component that's really interesting. Um, I think a good example of this is Cormac McCarthy. I don't know if you've read any of his stuff, but he kind of fits in that mold of not quite being literary according to the quote unquote experts, um, but certainly close. So it's just hard. It's a tough genre. And this person who wrote in, they asked, you know, why aren't there why doesn't a literary fiction novel have um, sequels? You know, why isn't it, why is it always a standalone? Mm. Well, that's just means it's the great American novel. That's what it is. Right. You know, if you're into a series, then you need to go down to the, you know, the, the women's fiction tier or the um, suspense tier or whatever that is. And I mean, when I think of literary fiction, it could just be a product of the, the market. It is almost always a standalone as opposed to a series. But when I really think about literary fiction, one of the things that comes to mind for me is this is not a book that's written in six months, you know, right. or even two or three years. Like a lot right. of these like really great American novel, these incredible yeah. classics took the better part of a decade to complete so it doesn't make sense for it to be a series because who's gonna wait 40 years for three to four books you know so much of literary fiction tends to be a hot take on current society or Mm -hmm. previous society or it's a hot take on something right yeah yeah which is really difficult to do through a series if it takes you five to eight years to write a book, it's going to evolve so heavily. Yeah. It would really have to be a very uniquely done kind of story. Like it's like, you make so many good points. I'm sure it it can be done. You know, you could look at it through the lens of the very beginning of somebody's career, you know, and these are the four or five, like, biggest important moments and it speaks to a time of you know you do it from the 80s to 20 30 or something sure yeah you know I could see that as a literary fiction series otherwise you know the um the thing is that for me a lot of literary fiction it's kind of like Pixar actually um has this element of characters are not going to solve this problem 
Mm-hmm. This is a world problem. This is yeah. a big world issue. They're just dealing with it. That's mm-hmm. it. They're just dealing with their small corner of it. You know, at the end of a at the end of a book in a series, the characters have to solve their problem. I think that is a great way to explain literary fiction and why it is the way it is. You're right. It's more of a it's a cultural commentary mm-hmm. more than it is mm-hmm. a storyline. You know of how people are falling in love or doing whatever they're doing. It's a, yeah, it's a cultural commentary. And that's why the character exploration is so intense because it's how is this person dealing with these problems or this reality? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not going to solve it. No, you know? they're not going to solve it. It's going to have some kind of an ending that will be satisfactory in its own way. Not necessarily right. happy. Right. But nobody finds Nemo. You know, no, nobody, nobody decides that they can have two favorite toys, which is honestly one of the reasons why Toy Story is such a successful franchise, simply because they're never going to solve the problem. Kids are just going to continue growing up and growing out of toys. They just found new ways to continue addressing Mm -hmm. it as opposed to, you know, the second Finding Nemo movie where it became... But now Dory has the problem and they forgot that the entire premise of the first movie was the ocean is a dangerous place. That's it. That's a great problem. That is an unsolvable problem. Fantastic. So to the point of series, I think authors of literary fiction, they do write in series, just not in the way that we expect. They will tackle the same topics over and over in their books, Mm -hmm. but it's a new cast of characters. It's a new, it might be a new set of rules, a new location, but they're not going to revisit those characters with the same problems. On the business side, literary fiction, the reputation it has is that it's very hard to sell and it's hard to make money on. Because you're not promoting a name or promoting someone who's necessarily going to go out and give big talks. They're just not that kind of person nine times out of 10. Um, And so it's very high risk. It also happens to be something that every agent wants to represent. Every agent wants to work with it. And many times editors want to be the editor who found the next great American novel. What percentage of literary agents do you think had an inspirational high school English teacher? Oh, all of them? I mean... Right, exactly. That just came to mind there. It was just, oh yeah, it's that. It was that. that. That one was formative. It is. That's where and it went. That's where the yep. high school English, that's where it all starts. And then you realize, whoa, all these books, look at all of these different all these different ideas and viewpoints. And yeah, that's what, that's what gets you, man. Um, But there's not a lot of money in literary fiction and it's very hard for a book to break out. So there's just not a lot of publishers that do very much of it. And like you said, the authors themselves, they tend to produce a book every few years. It's more of like a life's work kind of thing than it is. I'm going to do a book a year, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just not normal. Mm -mm. So how, if someone wants to write it, how would they go about it? I have some ideas. Yeah, I, I, Crease is giving a face like, well, I don't if know. You'd, if I you'd asked me at the start of this episode, I would have said, <laughs> and, and now, <laughs> and now I'd say, 
Well, I mean, having a flawed world seems like a good place to start. And that's about all I got. Social commentary. Yeah, be really passionate about something that's going on in the world. And then also pick somebody who's like either the most disenfranchised or like the least but believes that they're the most. I don't know. Well, it usually, it usually helps to have higher education degrees um, from prestigious colleges. So get that MFA. Right. If you really want to do this, get that MFA, go to a prestigious school, move to New York City, get in the literary groups of New York City, because it really is all who you know, right. that's going to make, that's going to get you that in. Yeah. And then of course you just need to write the best book of your life. Right. Uh, You're not getting literary fiction published if you live in Jersey. Yeah. It's clearly <laughs> it's a lot harder if you aren't in those societies and going oh, to I those know. parties and hobnobbing yep. with those working at those literary journals or you know, all of right. that. Mm-hmm. So um that's part of the game too. And right. it's it's tough, man. And it's not it's, the nicest group. It's so funny to me, like sometimes when you know, when we, when we had lessons in school about like, well, this famous writer at the time, who's a complete classic was also best friends with this famous writer. Yeah. And they together were also best friends with these two other yeah. incredible. And it's like, yeah. Wow. That's, wow. I guess I don't have any friends who are amazing writers. So I guess I'm doomed, you know, that's totally right. They all, but, and that's been but true. No, it's because yeah. it's, it's not just you get into the society because you're an amazing writer. It can also be, you're just really charismatic. Yeah. And somehow you snuck in the door and you picked it up in those 15 years, you know? Yeah. Totally. Oh man. It's who, you know, man, that's just genre fiction. You can live wherever and do whatever, have whatever experiences you want. Right. But if you're like the tortured soul artist type that has something to say about the state of the world literary fiction might be for you especially if you're like older than 25 yeah I mean, if you've still got things all right you're either like ridiculously young and like prophetic almost or you're oh my goodness that poet who was at the inauguration yeah see <sighs> phenomenal yeah oh my goodness you can tell she's been yeah studying her craft Oh yeah. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's yeah, that side of the industry, it just, and I, this is going to sound like such a slam, but I'm going to say it anyway. They take craft study so much more seriously than most of the rest of the industry, like most oh, of the genre 100%. industry 100%. and it shows, it does, you know, it shows I mean, in a, in a really in a perfect poem, you can't cut a word. There right. is no excess. There is no fat to trim. Yeah. Absolutely. And the only way you get that way is just practicing mm-hmm. over and over. Like that kind of, I thought I wrote something amazing. Yeah. And then I found out that like 70% of it was fluff. Poetry is a tough game. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gate Crashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, 
paypal.me slash gatecrashers or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode. Thank you.